0: Empire. The big idea is in 3D.
1: So if you're talking about you know multi-planar movements, whether it's uh, you know something simple as a chop or even a kettlebell swing or a trunk rotation, which is rotating. You need resistance or force to actually follow you throughout that entire rotational movement.
0: That's Sam Miller, founder and CEO of Proteus Motion, a company trying to change the training game through resistance. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Sam Miller has a really cool backstory. He's trying to build off his father's legacy of fitness through modern science. And in doing so, he has created modern training mechanisms that even his dad couldn't envision. Our guest this week is Sam Miller. He's the founder and the CEO of Proteus Motion, which is a company that is attempting to reinvent resistance training. And they're focusing on the initiative of providing the most effective athletic and rehabilitation equipment on the market. Hey, Sam, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Bram, how are you?
0: Um, give me some background of yourself first and then the company. How did you get into this?
1: Good question. Um, so I, I started Proteus in 2015 um, kind of after drawing inspiration from my own childhood sports rehab experiences, uh, as well as a mechanical prototype that was developed at MIT by my father in the early nineties. Um, I started producing using my dad's original concepts, which kind of led to my own patented inventions. Um, but, but really in my, my kind of own sports training and, and physical therapy, um, uh, you know that kind of meant uh, to treat a painful joint condition that i had in my knee um i was super frustrated uh with equipment uh it, that was used in training and rehab that kind of only allowed me to train movements let's say one muscle or muscle group at a time which i didn't feel like was translating to my sport and then on top of that there was this lack of objective data yeah. around strength and power specifically Um, that was very much kind of one or two dimension focused you know it's like a squat or a bench press Um, and uh, we rotate especially as athletes but but all people rotate and they move through multiple planes and so there's a there were some serious limitations there in the tools and technology so I kind of started this to access the third dimension in both measuring and training physical strength and power seeing this kind of huge opportunity to create a new frontier in this key pillar of human performance.
0: And what was your sport? What, what did you get injured in?
1: I mean, I'm, I played, I, I was one of those kids that grew up on a, um, on a cul-de-sac and, you know, you know, 25 kids the same age. So we played every single sport, but my main sport was, uh, was soccer.
0: And you took that cul-de-sac soccer game. It sounds very seriously, so much so that you injured yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was (laughs) okay. It it went way beyond the the, the cul-de-sac. It was uh, you know school, club, all all that stuff. Um, And uh, yeah, I just had I did the whole. For me, it started early when I was like ten. But I had you know I had uh, huge roller coaster moments and a lot of time in training and in, in physical therapy and. Uh, and, then, and then back again. And, and to me it was, uh, there were some serious voids that existed. And, and then that kind of like built this foundation of, I guess, my understanding of the problem or need for, you know, the data, which is around strength and power in three dimensions on top of uh, the kind of different and new uh, abilities to train um, with resistance. Uh, that that's much more that, that translated more to kind of real life multi planar movements.
0: Okay, so you mentioned your father had developed an original concept. Can can you kind of tell me what that was and and what you've built off of those original concepts?
1: Yeah. So my, my father was a, um, a, really, a, or is a a really brilliant or is a really brilliant kind of um, electrical and mechanical engineer. And in the early 90s, he was working in um, kind of as a visiting scientist in the, the um, uh, kind of a, a spinoff of the biomechanics lab at MIT. And his he was developing concepts. He had this idea for developing a kind of a machine that allowed you to do exercises without inertia or gravity. Um, the concept being that, you know, inertia is... Um, Limits the kind of muscle activation that that you can get because, you, you, for example, you know, if you're doing a something simple like a bicep curl, even it's kind of like those end ranges, the beginning and end range. You're not fully you're not fully in control of the of the weight or or uh, or the inertia that you experience due to gravity. Um, and so you actually lose out on the benefit of uh, of training in those kind of end ranges of a movement, which are happen to be the the ranges that people typically get injured. The extreme ranges. So, his idea was to develop some machine that was specifically for resistance training um, that allowed you to do kind of real life movement. So, what he developed was a concept of this, you know, mechanic, it was a mechanical prototype concept that kind of allowed movement in three dimensions without resistance. Like, he could only get resistance in two of the three dimensions. It's a super complex problem because there's a, a lever arm. And I won't even go into the, the physics behind it. Or the the, uh, the mechanical engineering behind it, but uh, really really challenging problem that he took on. So we developed this concept. It was kind of a show and tell piece to talk about you know this you know new potential type of training. So what what uh, and he worked on this in like the basement of my house growing up for 20 years. Huh. Um, and uh, and then kind of kind of just fizzled out. He couldn't couldn't really he didn't really know what he wanted to do with it. Or if there were so many applications and and he and it was super limited and he couldn't really get the technology that far along so then there was a gap of about 10 years i was super super interested in um in kind of this space especially as like the you know in the starting around 2012 with this like emergence of the quantified self movement and you know this idea around you know intelligent fitness training equipment and for me my whole thing was around um you know the idea that like okay well if you look at wearables for example 24 7 wearables have created a 30 billion dollar market in sleep and recovery and the x-ray and the mri has created a 60 billion dollar market in body imaging and composition Um, but for strength and power there's still this huge void. strength is your ability to move against a force power is uh your ability to produce speed against a force so to measure strength and power for movements that you perform in real life, like rotation, you need forces in three dimensions. So I got really excited about this, knowing that hey, I could take my dad's kind of original concept. If I could make it work and actually produce resistance in all directions, then I could get data from it and turn that into kind of software products. Um, so that's where I started, um, and since then we've got you know four or five at least issued patents, a number of new ones pending with you know hundreds of claims. Um, that's really around. You know, uh, resistance training in three dimensions, but almost more importantly, we've patented the first and only way to measure strength and power in a three-dimensional space, and that has kind of unlocked this new frontier of human performance data and software products um, for everything from consumer fitness to physical rehab to sports training and what enables that is this entirely new type of resistance training and workout experience that we've also patented and we call 3D resistance.
0: Okay, so I'll need you to bear with me here. I need you to dumb down three dimensions for me for a moment here. What is the third dimension that you're speaking about when you when you talk about that?
1: Sure. I mean, it's it's just the the three dimensions that we live in. You can think about it like you know the uh, you can think about it by, by planes you kind of like split your body into three three planes and directions but maybe another way to think about it is and we actually have a really exciting video that just came uh, that, that's coming out this week about this of this illustration of the difference between produce through the resistance and you know free weight in a cable machine but so the idea though is that a cable machine can't match or mirror your movements as you move through multiple planes and directions so like No matter where you move with a cable machine, for example, the force that you're experiencing is always along the rope or the cable towards the machine. No matter where you move, you're always being pulled back. In the case of a free weight, it's always downwards because of gravity. So no matter where you move, it's always downward resistance. But as you move, you know, know, with a free weight, if you're not moving directly up, right, the resistance is not countering the direction of your movement exactly. And what this means is that the force that you experience changes throughout a movement. Um, And so that makes it impossible to measure strength and power for anything but a basic movement in one direction, like a squat or a press or a row. So if you're talking about, you know, multi-planar movements, whether it's, uh, you know, something as simple as a chop or even a kettlebell swing or a trunk rotation, which is rotating, you need resistance or force To actually follow you throughout that entire rotational movement so that you're engaged and you're strengthening the entire movement, but also so that you can actually measure, you know, things like velocity, which against force turns into power. That makes sense. Yeah. There's a video that we have coming out this week. I think it's going to be a really helpful explainer here.
0: One more question on on this idea. Um, so of those other types of exercises that you're speaking about, the, the two-dimensional version exercises, they're done, I think, with the intent of getting a very specific and calculable result by doing those things. By doing the three-dimensional exercise that you're talking about, can you narrow down to the specific results you're trying to get out of the training or recovery if that's what you're using it for.
1: Yeah, that's one of, that's one of the, the, that's a great question and the answer is yes. That's a short answer. There's kind of two serious benefits that are quite significant to the 3D resistance. One is on the training side, you know, the the, the muscle activation, the experience that your body actually has when you're training with three D resistance and the other is on the on the software and the analytics side. Really quickly I'll start with the, the training benefit. Um because the resistance is constant throughout any kind of movement pattern or range of motion, you're getting much more engagement. And we've actually clinically proven this in, in a, uh, the, uh, the motion lab of the hospital for special surgeries, of kind of an early partner of ours, um, that uh, produces up to 95% greater neuromuscular stimulation. So muscle, your muscles activated for, uh, there's a higher peak and a longer duration compared to free weights and cable machines. It's almost two times more effective in that regard. And it also produces this really, really engaging, unique, fundamentally different kind of workout experience that feels like you're training underwater. Super low impact, you know, super high muscle activation, super, super efficient. On the software side though, this is where things have gotten really interesting. And this is truly a new frontier um, of, of performance data. So. We've got, you know, we've kind of rolled these capabilities into, uh, really, a, a the, the beginnings of a very exciting software product that, you know, for one, ex- one example, we've got a, a series of like a test, uh, assessments or tests in our library in the kind of touchscreen kiosk on produce. And if you're shopping through those, some of those assessments are, you know, uh, strength and uh, uh, strength and full body strength and power tests you basically are most of them are three to five minutes long and you go the software guides you through a series of exercises you do 17 exercises for example is one of our general strength and power tests and it basically shows you across your entire body you know things like you know right to left side imbalances um deficiencies in strength versus power how do you compare to like people and that's just the beginning and then it's starting to become more prescriptive. But one of the most interesting things that we found is that because of this ability to measure power in 3D space for the first time ever and strength, um, we did kind of an analysis on, I don't think it was 500 or so power reports of different kind of unique elite athletes that that have done the test. Um, We're capturing like a million data points a day. So we're kind of swimming in data here. And uh, we found that the majority of those elite athletes that had tested on Proteus, they don't actually have deficiencies in strength. They have deficiencies in power. Huh. And what that means from a training perspective is you should be training these this population, which is 56%, should be training at higher speeds and lighter
0: resistance. Huh. That's interesting, because I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about, as someone who works in the NFL, I'm thinking about the Combine. And all of these elite collegiate athletes come to Indianapolis once a year and they perform a bunch of tests. Um, I don't know there's any other way around of finding pure straight line speed than doing a 40 yard dash. But maybe you can tell me if there's a different way of doing something like that. But all of the other measurables that you get that honestly move players up and down are bench presses and squats and all these very traditional strength tests and somewhat endurance but mainly strength tests are you suggesting here that even at the elite level um there are there are some other markers that i don't know football teams baseball teams basketball teams should be thinking about when they're trying to find the next great players
1: absolutely there's there's no question about it um i mean in our minds it's a a fact anyways and and our kind of customer base, which are, you know, we're working with some of the best trainers and best athletes in the world across all major sports. I think they would agree as well. Um, I think what we've identified is this like, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, like those foundational strength and those foundational movements and foundational strength, that's critical. That's absolutely, that's a, that's a foundation that's needed for our elite athletes. But where we see this opportunity that's missing is usable strength or strength efficiency. So it's like, you have this strength, but you need to produce velocity, right? You need to produce, you basically generate power against a, resist, a resistant force. And, and that's what we're able to uniquely measure and to train incredibly well. We actually have a number of, um, of um, uh, professional football players that are, that are using pro, produce and have been for a while. Um, and in fact, we're working very closely with, um, you know, with Bobby Stroop for example, in, in Kansas City, who, who, who works very closely with Patrick Mahomes. Um, uh, he's kind of come into the inner inner circle or top tier of kind of Proteus elite Proteus trainers uh, that we collaborate with along with, you know, Eric Cretzi and some of those folks, but there's without question, um, this huge kind of really this world that we've opened up or this data has opened up into understanding a lot more than how much can you squat? It's really about what can you do with that? How can you do dynamic, perform dynamic movements and how can you generate speed uh, and, and many times, um, uh, those are actually the movements that translate or have, you know, to translate a lot more closely to a specific sport than, you know, how high can you jump, how much can you squat, how, and, and certainly how much can you bench press. Um, so we, we kind of fill this, this, uh, have filled this void um, in performance data that is unbelievably exciting. And, and um, I think you're going to be hearing a lot more about it. Um, in the uh, the coming weeks months and and, and years for sure
0: when well, we talk to a lot of founders about this kind of new wave and, and you even described it as this mountain of data that you're swimming in that you get on all of these athletes whether they're high level or you know the weekend warriors you're gathering about them I, I always wonder what's the educational gap of getting the information that you have about yourself or about the person that you're training and implementing it in real time to improve their ability so how do you guys think through um, Using the information that you have to make athletes better.
1: So I think from a data perspective We've been we've started to be much more selective about how much information we show with knowing that the 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 only way that data is valuable is if it Informs something and can be actionable, right? So we have too much data so let's not show all of it and just kind of let people on their own say, oh, that's interesting, or I don't really know what to do with this, et cetera, which is you know, a, a lot of our data that we're capturing in the background. So what we've done is we've really relied on very, very close partnerships with elite trainers that have helped us validate. Um, and with their buy-in and kind of collaboration and exploration, that's actually informed some of the software products that we've started to develop um one example is you know we develop we work with eric cressy cressy sports performance in the baseball space for you know a couple of years now first year and a half was like data capture and you know spending a lot of time with him translating this information to his experiences and observations in the field with some of these professional baseball pitchers right does this match up and how and and then what he learned what he learned and then we learned um uh but uh, is is how important this information is because it's kind of identifying some of these intangibles about athletes and athlete performance. So, uh, and what I mean by that is more is like, you know, either gut feelings that trainers have, either confirming or, or, or conflicting those, um, or um, um, just really providing this level of insights that's informing directly how they should be training, right? So we're really focused on from a data perspective, not telling a trainer what to do we're arming them with information that makes them make decisions a lot faster and uh, totally legitimately and empowering them to deliver higher quality quality uh, of services to the athletes that they work with. And that's been uh, incredibly effective um, uh, as a, as an approach, but also from a brand building and credibility standpoint, we do not have a black box. I mean, fortunately we're, we have this proprietary data set, we have the world's first and only data set uh, of three dimensional strength and power. Um, It's growing by a million data points a day. So fortunately we don't have to, there's not a lot of smoke and mirrors here. It's just like, here's the information. What we've gone to great efforts doing and this is really expanding is turning that into engaging software products, which are actionable and in many cases prescriptive And that's often a gateway to discovering using Proteus as a training tool um, in conjunction with the other tools that you're using for resistance training.
0: All right. Last thing. um, Obviously, if leagues or elite athletes want to get a hold of you and do this, that's probably easier said than done. What about the average person that wants to get into this, use this? Where would they find it? How would they go about it?
1: Sure. So we've got um, you know close to 70 uh, machines installed Uh, right now. We've got actually another. We're going to be doubling that base in the next six months. Or sorry, in the next six weeks. So by the end of January, we'll have uh, you know certainly more than 100, but more more than 125 uh, machines installed. Um, A lot of our clients, I should say, are um, they're really businesses right now. It's B2B initially. Uh, but they're businesses that provide services to competitive athletes and that's not just pro athletes. So we probably have a quarter of our total users, which is approaching kind of 10,000, I would imagine, um, that are using, uh, or that, that are, that are pro athletes. Um, another 50% are kind of youth athletes. And these are athletes of all sports and all ages and capabilities. We've got athletes, you know, as young as 10, uh, to 10 years old. Um, and then we've got, um, you know, even, you know, recreational tennis players that are in their late 70s that are using Proteus as both a training and a measurement tool. Um, so getting in touch with our team for sure. Uh, in the next uh, couple of months, we're actually going to have an updated website, which has a location of uh, Pro, you know, Proteus Finder um, and and driving folks that are interested in trying it out to uh, to their nearest Proteus location. We're in most major cities now. And then a lot of these businesses are really using, they're actually, we've got populations of users that are non-athletes too, and that are just using it for, um, for a really effective, um, and efficient, um, uh, you know, training workout. That's a low impact, um, super high muscle activation and, you know, full body can be done in, in, uh, in under 10 minutes. So we've got a cohort of, you know, forty-five to sixty-five-year-old women right now, and that are, you know, started the phrase "Do you Proteus?" and they're doing oh. training sessions, fifteen minutes, three days a week, and uh, paying twenty-five dollars a session for it uh, to some of these businesses. So there's there's a there's a pretty wide uh, audience uh, that can that can benefit from using Proteus, and even though we're initially focused on these kind of competitive, elite competitive athletes right now.
0: Sam Miller is the founder and the CEO of Proteus Motion. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: My pleasure, Bram. Thank you.
0: on the next Future Sport Podcast. The tsunami of NFT collectibles, it's coming. We, we really see the future as digitizing fandom. You know, the way brands and fans and teams are interacting with their fans is online. And there are no real tangible digital goods for them in that space. And we're building tools to help digitize that fandom for them. Uh, you know, now and five and 10 years down the road, that's Grant Dexter, co-founder and CEO of Fanaply. He knows that soon the Christmas wish lists around the country will include digital collectibles. That'll do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Graham Weinstein.